I'm, I mean it, I worry about you. Maybe it's all a goof and you're just goofing when you're acting this way. I don't know why you're doing it, but it's not good and it's not healthy, it's not right. Not that I'm saying you don't have it together, I'm sure you do, you're, you're a genius, and you really are. You're a genius. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and other non-identified creatures of unknown origin to the first episode, season one, episode one, premiere, Generally Correct, the first great podcast of the 2020 decade, the post-2010s. I am your host, Curtis, on Twitter, that's at Curtis underscore Kaiju, and joining me today is my co-host throughout the series, my good friend, the lover, rapist, and aircon conditioner repairist of Mr. Jeffrey Epstein himself, Wawag. Hey, hey, how's it going? I'm uh, at Warg on uh, Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that's spelled W-O-A-R-G, just for those of you who think that's some sort of guttural clearing of the throat and don't know how to pronounce it. Well, it's sort of guttural primal speak. I wouldn't understand it normie to sort of yeah. understand it. Is that like a specific language or is it just like you you came up with it one day um, during a coughing attack brought on by your constant smoking of cigarettes? <laughs> um, well, I like to leave it a mystery, so, you know, find out for yourself. Yeah, the only way you can you got to find out by smoking cigarettes yourself and seeing if you can recreate the infamous blog. What brand? Or, or wait, are we allowed come to, to my say house? What brand? Is there a law if you say, um, "Oh, yeah, I smoke this cigarette"? I don't think so. Because because if you get cancer, you say, wouldn't wouldn't they like say that's libel because you're saying they they gave you cancer? Yeah, but I think everyone knows that cigarettes give you cancer. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not. I think even I think even they're aware of it. It's yeah, it's, on, it's literally on the packet. right? Yeah, it's not slander or libel if it's true. Okay, if I die, it's fucking Marlboro's fault. I'm gonna haunt Mister Marlboro. I'm gonna fucking cough on his face while he sleeps. <laughs> I'm pretty sure uh, like... he's probably actually dead. Yeah, I was um, gonna so... say. I mean, you can kick his ass I'm in hell. Fight. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna fight him in ghost ghost form. Ghost, but anyway, ghost if fighting. anyone wants to know the truth of my name, they can come to my house. I'm currently not in a house. I'm currently um, in a box underneath Tokyo National Airport. That's why you might hear some planes going over. So if you come to Tokyo National Airport, one in the box underneath. Sorry, not the nation of Tokyo. Okay. What the fuck am I talking about? The nation um, of Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, if you come to Tokyo Airport, Narita Airport. Yeah. Right. And you're you in dig a through box the, underneath. Dig through the cement. You got a no find clip my little, underneath. My little bunker. You got yep. a no clip underneath the map. All right. If you can survive 15 minutes in the fucking box with me, I'll tell you my the origin of my name. <laughs> right. And if you fail, then I eat for another week. You're going to live off one person for a week? Look, I don't have to eat much. What if they're really skinny? Because if I came down to try and fight you, you'd have enough meat for probably a couple days. Probably. Or if Eugene Acuni came in. Yeah, Amy Schumer comes in, you're done for a month. That's it. <laughs> oh, Amy Schumer calling you out, fight me in my box, bitch. Yeah. Open letter to Amy Schumer. Come down to Tokyo National Airport. <laughs> Tokyo National Airport. No, turn. Go to the admin console. Turn on no clip. Turn on sheets. No clip under the map. And uh, Look, feed me. I, 
point out that I do come from two in the future where Tokyo ceded from Japan it's, its own sovereign nation. So, you know, if I if I say some funny things or mispronounce words, that's because um, the English language has changed so long because of semantic differences and slang has become true words. You know, it's that sort of thing. So I am from the future, yeah. so please. Paradigm, what, what year? 2069? I can't tell you. I'm just going to say 2069. I'm legally... Paradigm yeah. Shift 2069. Uh, yeah, sure. Tokyo is its own Neo sovereign Tokyo nation. Neo Tokyo 3 from Neon Genesis Evangelion. You don't want to know about the other two Neo Tokyos. Yeah. Mom found Neo but... Tokyo 1. <laughs> anyway. So we decided we're going to start the show off by reminiscing over the transition from the 2010s to the 2020s because... You know, it's a new decade, it's a new paradigm shift, there's a whole bunch of new stuff going on. We're going to reflect over what we've been doing for the last couple months. I've got a list here of the things that we've decided we want to talk about that we've been accumulating. I think the first thing when we actually discussed we were going to start this, I think it was back in November. Yeah, I think yeah, the at the dog park. Yeah, I think the first thing we actually said that we wanted to talk about specifically for the first episode with, uh, was um, Death Stranding. Yeah, but and then we you know we got it and and then and you, it turns out um, well I'll let I'll let yeah, you. I, I, okay, so I spent ninety dollars on this game because I'm a big Metal Gear fan. I love Metal Gear. It's great. It's also very stupid, but you know that adds to its appeal. I mean, it's it's Kajumbo. It's Hideo Kojima. Yeah, but I think with Death Stranding, what I quickly realized is it's boring as shit. Right, but there is a lot of artistic value in it. You know, a lot of things that, you know, Hideo Kojima is an artist, obviously, mm. is director, but... Kajumbo has direct- done it again. A director doesn't necessarily mean a good game designer, right? Mm. I, was actually, I was actually thinking about this the other day, and I, w- I drew sort of parallels with um, this and the prequel movies for Star Wars. A visionary must always be tempered by... Um, you know, like, corporate, you know, because... Mm, I disagree. Well, look. Because look what happened what? to Sam Hyde and Adult Swim. They censored the fuck out of his show. Mm, that's true, but... <sighs> I mean, obviously but... it wasn't just Sam, you know, I gotta give credit to Charles, yeah, Nick, well, and Andrew. Ah, how about... Okay, I'll rephrase that. No one should be the sole single singular director with all of the power making decisions right because i mean million all... dollar like world peace that was the three of them yeah working on it right so the big issue it's like with the prequels you know um george lucas he did they did so well with the first three the original trilogy and they said okay george here have all the power and fucking look at it well, I will add one disclaimer, and I'll say that that's if you're in a big official position. If you're like an independent creator starting up, you are gonna try to gonna have to really take over the reins yourself for the most part, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because I, I, I mean, because I think if everyone had the resources to make their own Death Stranding, then there would be plenty of them. But once when you when you're small, you know, you don't have all the resources. You know. Yeah. No. But thing with death stranding mm-hmm. it's 
very wonderful ideas. Looks gorgeous. Yeah. But it's not fun. I quite I well, quite liked it, to be honest. I yeah, enjoyed our I'll, sessions. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this, Curtis. Mm -hmm. From the perspective... Perspective... Your perspective is quite different to my perspective, right? Because think... you are admittedly not a video game player. I'm, I don't know much about Kajumbo other than the fact he's a genius. And one thing I was actually thinking of today that I'd like to fly by you is like, like, it's a good game. I'll admit that. But I also understand why a lot of people didn't like it. I understand their expectations were much different from someone like uh, Kojima. And I think I think part of that is because like Kojima is, is kind of like more of a brand at this point rather than a person. It's like, oh, it's, you know, there's like that meme where it's like directed by Hideo Kojima, written by Hideo Kojima, productive, edited, etc., etc. Except that's not a meme. That's literally what Yeah, but, but you kind of get what I mean. It's the same thing of kind of like... um. Like when you when you slap like the Supreme logo on something, it goes up in price. Yeah. Or, or or like Gucci. Like like I, I don't get the whole like thing with Gucci because because I I'll tell you I was a story. I was at um a HSC prep course today for maths, and yep. um this girl sitting next to me had her laptop open, and mm -hmm. she was browsing the Gucci website, and they're doing like a you know how like um, fashion designers sometimes have like a collaboration project where they cross over like some other brand. Yep. So Gucci, yeah, Gucci's doing one with Disney at the moment. So that's 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 pretty classic. Yeah, but like you know how they had like a Mickey Mouse watch. Uh, so you know how like you can go down to like a store at like uh, the Metro or the Mall or something, and they have like a little like a little Mickey Mouse watch that you can buy for like ten dollars, where his like his arms are the hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just like just just like that, but they slap the Gucci label on it, and it's like two hundred dollars or some shit. And yeah, I well, I hate to I don't want to talk shit about Kojima. Because the man's a genius, I will admit that. And I, I did love Death Stranding, I thought... And I'll, I'll get into explaining that shortly, but I, I do want to put out there, I think that, like, the whole... The price tag, the hype, a lot of it is just purely because of Kojima and not because of the actual game. I mean, in fairness, he did keep a lot of it in the dark. But I think a lot of the hype was because it's, you know, it's Kojima's breakout as his first solo game, and it just couldn't live up to that. Well, look, and I also definitely think it was fueled on by this... By his uh, recent, no, not so recent anymore, but his firing from Konami. Yeah, there's like people there's... wanted to support the game. I think someone um, said in an interview that the scene on the beach um, with the baby was. I think one of the people in the developing team, they said, yeah, that was a reference to this being his, you know, debut game outside of Konami. Well, because the thing is, I think there was a definitely a subset of the player base who wanted to support the game. Um, to stick it to Konami. Absolutely. Because Konami is quite um, panned by a lot of um, gamers. Yeah. Um, because... Because they they fired uh, Kojima because he wasn't down with the whole, like, um, loot box. I think they started going to, like, mobile apps, like microtransactions and... Uh, well, I actually, just wasn't on I actually board with don't that. know much about why he was, he was fired. I think... From what I've heard, he was actually very hard to work with, but that, I think that was um, part of it. The the main that, that that is that is beside the point. Yeah. Um. The, yeah. A lot of people have shown a lot of disdain to Konami because of their movement towards um, gambling. That, and yeah, that, I think that was part of it. Their, disregard for their classic products. Like, there's a lot of uh, video games, classic classic video games that they are 
quite literally turning into gambling machines. Yeah, that's, so, that was the Silent stuff that's Hills. going on. I saw the whole, um, there was like a whole like YouTube analysis video on it. And like an, a high quality one, not like some random guy in OBS studio, you know, going over articles. But he tracked the whole rise. I can't remember the name of this guy, but, you know, Ka Kojima was at the top. This other guy comes in, starts doing this stuff with like gambling apps and microtransaction. He rises to the top and Ka Kojima um, goes down to the bottom and this is like around the same time. Well, it's and this not is at the same time out. that um, Konami was sinking like a lot of money into the Silent Hills project, which wasn't really going anywhere at the time because obviously, you know, Kojima, he's, I, I don't know if I'd say perfectionist, but he, he takes his time. I mean, we've clearly been waiting for Death Stranding a long time. Yes, well, that, that's because he is sort of more concerned with creating an artistic piece than creating a product. Yeah, I mean the whole PT thing showed that. I mean, if Which if I we were to take the cool. some the theory from the video that I learned all this from, if we take that correctly, he pretty much like learned of his firing and then built up, bit, rebuilt the entire PT demo as a metaphor for him being fired. I, have I sent you the link to that video? No, I'll send it to you later. But the point is, I think um, Kojima really is the kind of guy who just sticks it to the man. Essentially, I mean, like. And he, he's he's fucking a madman. Remember the, the thing where he was like, um, I think it was Metal Gear Two, where if you lose one level, the disc destroys itself. Yeah, that yeah, that was his plan originally. He planned that um, when you were fighting Psychomantis in Metal Gear One. I think this is Metal Gear One. Oh, I thought it was two, but never mind. It's not important. Um, yeah, if you lost the f a certain part <laughs> in um. In the fight against Psychomantis, the PlayStation would destroy your disc. I is that even was that even technologically possible at the time? I, I don't think. Maybe maybe it would have just spun it so hard it just like evaporated. That I I honestly wish that would have happened. <laughs> that would just be really funny. But then, right, you got to understand it from a perspective of playing the video game. You know, sure, it would have created quite a height, like a sense of. Um, you know, stress and anticipation, and it would have made made it for a very thrilling boss fight. But if you lost, fuck, I gotta go buy another copy of Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> well, that's more that's more money for uh, Kojima to um, Konami. Yeah, Kojima. Fuck, sorry, I keep mucking them up. For to do his stuff, and um, uh, but that's anti-consumer, my <laughs> friend. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other thing is that um. Since you didn't like Death Stranding that much, whenever I came over to your house to play it, we we ended up playing um, uh, what was the one Metal Gear Rising? Revengeance. Revengeance, yes. yes. And we wanted to talk about that a bit because it's the fucking best game ever created. It's yeah, pretty damn good. I mean, the fucking so the the boss fight at the end with um, what's his face? Senator Armstrong. Yeah, Senator Armstrong. For those of you who don't know what he looks like, imagine um. Stephen Colbert with the forehead of Jack's films, but reimagined as a pillar man from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. He's buffer than that. He's fucking buffer than that. I he kind of—he almost looks like um, a deviant muscle fetish character. That is just pillar men, though. No, because pillar men are quite—they're they're kind of femmy, you know. No, I don't. No, you kid. You have you watched part two? They walk around. They swing their. They got flared hips that they swing around. Yeah, but they're Come also on, muscly as fuck. Yeah, no, but this anyway. If listen, if if Senator Armstrong walked around in that same way, he'd look exactly like the Pillar Men. 
It's all in the posing and the angles, dude. Aren't the Pillar Man more buff in the manga, or is it roughly the same? Well, in the manga... Um, Every, in the manga, Ara- everyone's Ara- more Araki's, buff. Araki's art style is very strange. Mm. Like, you have certain scenes where... Well, would you say it's bizarre? Tiny, tiny heads. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, because characters have very, very small heads. Um, so, he definitely went through a phase there. But now, now he's into just, like, twinks. He's matured over time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, the Revengeance is a fucking great game. It's it's mostly quick time events, but uh, in a good way. No it's, no, it's not. The parts I played were, I had to press all the buttons and stuff at the beginning. Mm. The music's fucking great, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, with the fight with um, Ray. Yeah, and at the end, too. Yeah, there is quite a few quick time events, but I don't honestly think they were all bad. in the parts you had me play. <laughs> well, I, now that I'm thinking about it, there is quite a there is a, a few quick time events, but they're not that bad. Yeah, no, I like, like I, I said, really... I actually didn't mind them at all. I think they were yeah. really fun. I honestly don't mind quick time events. Yeah, no, Revengeance is just like like observe. It's like it's kind of like I I dare say it's almost like Kung Fury as a video game. Yeah, no, it is. It's it's just fucking balls to the wall. It, it, you know, they created a video game to be fun rather than um, to be an artistic statement. And yeah. I think in I w- some ways you need that. I was going to say, it's not really the best entrance to the Metal Gear series as a whole, is it? But I would say it's probably the best Metal Gear game. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I wouldn't know. I haven't played any other ones. The disc doesn't destroy itself. Zero out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it, does, it doesn't give you a deadly Trojan yeah. <laughs> when you die. You don't have to walk for 20 hours. I think Death Stranding's longer than twenty hours. Isn't yeah, it? but there's, but there's, it's not all walking, is what I mean, because there's more than twenty hours, but not all of it's walking. I oh, yeah, twenty hours of walking, forty hours of people talking. Yeah, I like, I love some of the characters though. Hartman was my favorite. We never saw him in the game, but I like the the trailers of him. He seems a really interesting character. The issue is, I just felt like the game just loved itself way too much. You know it. It wasn't there to impress you because it was already so impressed with itself. I mean, it it did impress us though. Dude, I remember yeah. I remember the opening was just so beautiful. We 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 couldn't even tell if it was like a real video or was it it was rendered. Video games in real life. <laughs> but um, I actually just really did. I know that you know the whole thing of there's oh there's nothing much happening. Um, I know that's a main criticism but i actually think that the, the way we went about it was kind of a good way to do it because like as like it's it's pretty obvious from kojima, kojima and the game itself the whole point of it is to like make connections with other people and so you know, we had like a nice experience you know coming around we you sort of sat together and you know during the long sections of just walking we just chatted and had a really nice time I so, I, so yeah yeah so well, i think we kind of really did fulfill the whole what kojima wanted and i think i had a really nice time i thought it but is. then, but then, there's much to saying that, um, like, could we say that it's a good game if the entertainment we got from it was just from us talking to each other normally? Well, I mean, yeah. as well- and then again, Curtis, you're yeah. not the person who spent ninety dollars on it. That is true, right? I mean, I don't like. I said, I think a lot of the money does come from the fact it's a it's a Hideo Kojima game. It's and well, not just any. It's, it's his. It's, it's his. Stand, it's the standard price for. 
a new release. I don't. Yeah, in I don't know what video games are supposed to cost. Because because I don't because you know me, I'm not much of a gamer myself. Yeah, I'm aware. So I don't know what stuff. Like I I see Cyberpunk 2077 on uh, Steam for like like seventy dollars. I'm like fuck no. Well, it's not like you could run it. Yeah, no, cause, yeah, no. I tried to play Minecraft the other day. It was like one frame a second. I couldn't even <laughs> play it, and then it crashed. Uh, but um, well, there goes the Minecraft Let's Play series. Yeah, which is a shame because I actually really did enjoy playing Minecraft back in the day. Like we can say what we want about the fandom and how it's cringe and whatnot, but it is a genuinely charming game, and there's a lot to be said about it. Everyone, generally correct, Patreon, please support us so Coz can get a computer and we can have a Minecraft Let's Play series. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon yet. We're going to set up a Gumroad, though. Okay, yeah, Gumroad. Do you want, should we, I don't know if I'm going to set up a Patreon for this specifically. I might set up one for the um, All For Geek Productions just to fund this and other stuff in general. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But yeah, there, will no, be, there will be a Gumroad specifically for this uh, podcast. I'll set it up um, in a couple days oh. from now. Now, speaking of fandoms... Oh, yeah, yeah. So, moving on from uh, the Death Stranding, in, I think it was mid-December, and um, just for the record, we're not going to specifically mention the names of anyone else there for privacy reasons, but I decided I would take Warg to the local furry meetup. Yeah, now, disclaimer, I'm definitely not a furry. Yeah. Curtis is. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm not. You just have a goat sona. It's... <laughs> I saw it. It looked really wacky and crazy, and I thought, "Oh hell yeah!" So I'm, what, I mean, what am I talking about? No, I am a goat. Yeah, obviously. you don't understand this. You are pretending to be a frog. I am a physical goat. Yeah, so you're just like furry by default. On a no, technic- it's not furry because <laughs> this is what it's what I look like. Yeah, but do you have fur? Uh, no, it's like a weird so- sort of pseudo-scale sort of thing Goats going on. don't have scales. Well, I mean, I got the head of a goat. But my, but my, my, if you want, like, an official breakdown, my flesh is made of stone. Alright. So. So you're stoned. Good one, bro. You're. Dude, weed Lamau XD. Dude, weed Lamau XD. Anyway, so, I took Warg up to the local furry meetup. And uh, he had an okay time. Well, I think for the first half of it, I, like, stuck to the sidelines and smoked a bunch of cigarettes and talked to, like, the old, embittered, like, um, old-school furries who were talking about how the movement has fallen to these fucking neon-coloured kids who treat us like shit. They're not wrong, I mean. Right, yeah. Um, And, yeah, there's this one bloke. And he, I'm not sure how old he was, 50-something, but he lived in the country, and he had fucking wolf tattoos all over him. And he had, like, a, he, when I asked for a light for my smoke, he had, a, like, a, a wolf pattern lighter. So this guy, this guy was probably very enthused with wolves, very uh, in touch with the wolf spirit. Wolfkin. Probably, but or may- maybe it was more like a spirit animal, Native American sort of deal. I can vibe with that. Yeah. Yeah, well, honest, I thought he was a nice guy. You know, I always get... My, my philosophy is you're always going to a conversation 
um, with an open mind because that's the only way you, you're going to, you know, enjoy yourself. Anyway, he was going on about um, a little bit of climate denial, which I don't mind because him as a person is not really going to change anything. And, I'm, and I wasn't there to have an argument with him. But he was like, a, he was a nice bloke, you know. But um, he he was talking about how he comes down for these events and no one fucking pays any attention to him or no one talks to him because he's like an outsider to the group because he's, his suits aren't neon colored and he's not aggressively gay. Like this man, this man was gay as a husband. Hmm. Um, but because he's not aggressively gay enough and he doesn't wear his gayness as a costume people don't like him and hence why he was sitting on the outside of this congregation smoking by himself yeah i mean i, I don't talk, i don't talk to much people there purely because like i i'm kind of i don't i don't want to say necessarily introverted but i don't i don't really like venture outside of my immediate social group that much so that's kind of yeah and also it's a bit hard because uh, what i observed in that there was like a it wasn't so much a big meetup of people who knew each other. It was several cliques all socialized within themselves, but in a greater area with other cliques. Yeah, kind of. You know, like, no one would break out from their little friend group. Like, do you think... Like, I couldn't have walked into a group of some people and said, Hey, guys, how are you all doing? Because they're not there to talk to me. They're there to hang out with their friends in a general sort of environment yeah i mean i kind of have my foot in a couple of social groups like like drago's group and then there's you know charles as well who's over at a different part of the place so are you gonna bleep those names out oh well that's that's their um a pseudonym so i don't need to worry about that i, I meant specifically in regards to names oh, yeah, yeah yeah so I'll i'll leave it at that essentially I, w I yeah, won't well, okay it. anyway so yeah so i just effectively gravitated to whoever you were talking to yeah and i, I introduced you a couple and you and you thought they were pretty cool look i thought they were all right you know you got, you got along with the, talking to them you got along with the ones who were discussing hong kong i think a little well that's because it was something to sort of distract myself from the general area because the thing is i didn't really have much to talk to to these guys about because i'm not furry so i don't know what yeah but every time i'm there i don't really talk about furry stuff that much either mm, so that's it's, true yeah it's drago just... was cool i talked about pingers and raves yeah have you ever uh, been to a rave um yeah i've been to a few but not for very long dude if imagine you were at a rave and they started playing death grips though well, Death Grips wouldn't really work at a rave because it's not high BPM. It depends what kind of for you to sort of dance to. It depends what kind of rave. I mean, Blood Creeping is, is pretty. Death, but Death Grips isn't really music you dance to. You I mean, sort of you can mosh to it, but moshing is less dancing and more physical violence. I mean, it depends what you mean by dancing, though, don't you? Because yeah, some dance, dancing is just flailing around. I always thought yeah. if you had like a like a three AM like basement rave with just like stuff like Death Grips or like stuff from The Prodigy or Pendulum. That shit would go hard. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, while we're on the topic of like going outside and doing stuff, I figured we could probably... Well, be before we... We're going to talk about the... Um, if you want the uh, ScoMo March. Or do you want to... 
Yeah, no, we can talk about that. Before we do that, we have to cover the little Christmas New Year's interlude, because, you know, why not? Oh, yeah? Yeah, so... Do you want to talk about your Christmas first, or...? Oh, yeah, okay. So, my Christmas, um, I woke up early in the morning. Um, my family was all waiting for me to get up so they could do presents Because you stuff. sleep in a lot. I do. No, I, I, today I slept until 2. Nice. Yeah. I... I'm you not lucky only bastard. I, well, the thing is, not only do I work nights, but I also am a bit of an insomniac. Yeah. But anyway, so I got up nice and early on Christmas, and I spoke to my family, and we did presents and stuff, and then they said, oh, look at the time. Time to fuck off for two weeks. And they went to Tasmania, but I couldn't go because I still had to go to work. Um, so my Christmas was... Uh, Alright, then I went to my mother's, and that was all good. And, um... And my New Year's, uh, I was working. Any resolutions? Got... Um... Are the kind of person who doesn't really do resolutions? Yeah, I think... I think my resolution is just, you know, improve my... My, uh... Well-being in general. Yeah, I mean, one of them was, for me, was, you know, start the podcast... Yeah, well, there you go, there's one, yeah. one done. But, um, yeah, so I was working on New Year's, and I, um, I got home at, like, 10, and I thought, well, okay, I've got a beer in the fridge, so I'll drink that on midnight. Uh, I took the dog for a walk. I got invited, to, ah, here's a good one. There's a woman that, uh, I see at the dog park every now and then. She's got a big dog that's very aggressive towards mine. Um, and she thinks it's the cutest thing ever. She goes, oh, no, stop it, stop it. Is this uh, Ravioli or... Yeah, well, we probably shouldn't say the names, just in case. I'm just going to recognize the name of the dog, but... Well, yeah, okay, all right. We won't mention so you... the owner. I don't even know the owner's name anyway, but... Yeah, I, well, I assume no, you neither do. do I. Oh, no, okay. I don't, I don't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, her dog Ravioli is very goey at my dog, and... Um... Was she, um... She's the one who has those, all those, like, weird colors in her hair, right? No, she's just got sort of dready hair. Am I, am I thinking of someone else that we see at the dog park? Yeah, that's the crazy lady with the... Um, she's got the Dalmatian and the other dog. That yeah, she yeah. She puts rainbow spots on. Yeah, I saw that. I saw her at work, um, I think, last week. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, I saw this lady at the park and some other bloke. And we. I decided to sit and have a chat with them. And they asked... Uh, the girl asked what I was doing on New Year's. I said I wasn't doing anything. So she invited me to a party. And I said, oh, yeah, what sort of party is it? And she told me it was a poly party. And I was uh, less enthused to go. A polyamorous party? <laughs> yeah. So what would that involve? Like, Well, I Cause don't Because I, I know think... what polyamorous is, but like, what's a polyamorous party? I don't think it was... Because that's not uh, like a, it's not like a sex thing. No, it wasn't a swinger party. No, the polyamory part was simply um, describing the uh, attendees, not the actual activities that would, you know, occur at the party. All right. But, you know, I don't really want to be hanging around polyamorous people because I think they're scum. <laughs> I, I would probably go just to see what's up. I, I enjoy hanging around interesting people. I mean, I do as well, but these are the sort of interesting people who are, I feel like they would 
uh, not be very interesting. Their behaviors would rub off on you. No. <laughs> no, I'm... Uh, well, let's. we won't have to talk about my sexual political beliefs. Your social conservatism on sex issues. But that's that's literally it. Everything else is very progressive on that. That is true. Thing. That is. I mean, I think everyone's allowed to have, like, one issue they're somewhat conservative or reactionary on. Like, you're allowed to have one, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I didn't attend that party, because I thought it was going to be a bit fucking weird. Um, and these people are hippy-dippy types who... Um, I don't think... You, you know, get enough of that with your family. Yeah. No, yeah. Um, but, so I didn't go to that. And I got home. And it was about 11.20 and I was comfortable in my chair. Comfortable. I was playing, yeah, I was comfortable. I was playing some video games. And then I looked, checked back at the clock a bit later. It was about 10.12. And I went, you know, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm not going to bother. And I just stayed in my chair. Didn't even drink my beer. Damn. So what about you? How was your, hopefully, a bit more um, fun than mine? Oh, I guess so. I mean, for Christmas, I was up in um, Sussex Inlet with my family. And uh, I don't know if I've told you much about Sussex Inlet. It's like one of those uh, old towns. It's got like a bingo hall and everything, you know, the ones that are populated almost exclusively by people over the age of 70. And, you know, we make it a habit to go up there every year. And um, obviously, this was around the time when the bushfires were starting to really go up. So we saw a lot of that on the road down there. Um, it, there was one point we were going down, there was a stretch of road where everything was just bright orange around us. It was fucking crazy. And, um, you know, while, while we were there, we went to see the um, new Star Wars film. How was that? In my opinion, it was, like, painfully average. I mean... I mean, Which I think is... Which I think... Um, if a movie is painfully average for a fantastic series, I think that, in my mind, makes it a bad movie. Hmm. Because it was better than the last one, okay? But the, whole, the thing about the new Star Wars trilogy, you have to understand, it started off with J.J. Abrams, you know, he made the new film. It, it was it was good, you know? It I wasn't, don't think so. I, I've got issues with it. Okay, yeah, I have issues with it too, okay? You know, I've seen the the, the reviews. I agree there's some serious problems. Um, problems. But, but, you know, it, it was okay. It was good. It was a good start to a new franchise, and then, and then J.J. Abrams got kicked off the project, essentially. Yeah. And then you had the... I can't remember the name of this new director. But he comes in and he decides, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. So, you know, we, we get the character of Rose, who everyone hated. We got half... Most characters were killed. We got the scene where um, Rose crashes into um, the black guy's vehicle. I can't remember the character's name. The black man, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the black man. Stomedy. Um <laughs> And, um, you, you had, um, fucking, they desecrated Luke's character and then killed him. Yeah. It was like well, the, it was a huge middle finger to, like, the whole friend. And then, then he got, then everyone disliked it so much he got kicked off. And then between these, we had the, the, like, the other movies. Like, you had the Rogue One, which was okay. All right, yeah. I didn't like the ending. Thing is, I'm sad that movie didn't end with, um, Darth Vader just showing up and killing everyone. No, that did happen. No, I mean, he didn't kill the main cast. There was the one scene where he... Wait, they, well, yeah, well, they couldn't have just done that because it was happening at the same time as some other thing. Yeah, but how cool would it be if, you know, they they get the plans and they're like, okay, we're going to escape, and then Vader just fucking yeah, rocks well, up. Yeah, that, that was one of the problems. One of the problems was that they kind of put themselves in a box by 
trying to fill in the blanks because it's not like you can pull like a twist ending if we already know what's going to happen. Yeah. And then and then there was Solo, which was a box office bomb. And uh, yeah, I hear that was really shy. I didn't mind it that much. I saw a lot of the reviews, and I did agree there were a lot of gaping plot holes. They brought back Darth Maul as, like, a CGI thing, and it was just really unnecessary. I remember when it happened, it took me, like, a good ten seconds to register it, because I was like, there's no way they actually pulled this when they had. Um, but, yeah, I think they kind of dropped any plans for, like, solo character movies after that. And then we got this new one, which J.J. Abrams came back on, essentially. And the, the thing is that, like, back after the first one of this new trilogy came out, someone made a theory predicting that Ray was um, the granddaughter of um, Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And it's a very believable theory. And in, and in this new movie, it turns out that, yes, that's what happened. And I think that that was the plan from the get-go. But, and the second movie was supposed to like lead up to that. But Abrams was dropped from it. And now that he's back, he, he brought the plot back. And the reason I say that is because the film literally has the... Because Palpatine comes back. And the, the only explanation is given is literally... Palpatine came back somehow. That's the quote from God, the film. God, it's so dumb. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, so... They're just clinging on to the past because Palpatine, recognisable character. That's yeah. That's the big issue, right? Do something fucking new. Yeah, um... And, they, you know, and they, since... And in line with, I think, um, Rogue One, they had, like, a bit where they, like, CGI'd the faces of the old actors onto the new ones... Oh, it's so weird, isn't it? Well, it looks so it, In Rogue One it was kind of okay, but in um in this film it was like really awful. Like they didn't even attempt to stabilize it, so their faces were shaking while the characters were lying still on the ground. I told this to my mom and she's like, Oh, so you're saying you could do better than a than a multi million dollar studio? I'm like, Yeah. There's literally there's like a video on YouTube of someone taking Netflix's um The Irishman and like improving the aging digital editing. Oh, yeah. And look, I, as much as I, like, don't like to use the phrase bootlicker, like, could, don't coddle up to this massive corporation. They could have done better. Yeah, you should never excuse the actions of a corporation. Yeah, like, I don't care if it's a multi-million dollar company with heaps of people editing it. Like, you can go... Oh, with... oh no, you'll make the massive multi-million dollar multinational company sad. How dare you think you know better than a multi-million dollar editing company? Yeah, the fact that it is a multi-million dollar company means it it should... It never makes mistakes. Never mind, you can find lots of videos of people fucking analyzing films and seeing a bunch of visual glitches. It should be doing the best job it can possibly do, right? But it clearly wasn't, because some people on YouTube can do better aging effects than fucking Netflix. What makes you think... It's the same shit with with the new Pokemon game, people excusing its actions... Yeah, because well, that was the whole thing where they didn't put, like, uh, that much Pokemon on. And yeah, then, then they, they, did, cut, they cut a whole bunch out. And then people were like, people were like, oh, oh no, it's actually a good thing that all these Pokemon have been taken out. It's a good thing. It's for us. It's for the fans. And then but there was now a bunch of, like, now sloppy... those same people, those same people are celebrating that the new um, DLC new... is adding a whole bunch of Pokemon back. That's so scummy as well. Isn't it? yeah. So look, I, I have no I, time honest, for people look, I think to defend corporations like that. It, I'm sorry. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing with all the Pokemon being added back. I am fine with it, but I'm not fine with the fact that they bullshitted to us and said, no, we're taking the Pokemon out for the betterment of the series. You know, you could just say, 
hey, we're trying to get this game out for the Christmas release. We will add them in the future. Yeah, because it was because I think so, a lot of other people point out there's certain like um, rendering glitches, and you can tell it's kind of a rushed job. I think it's just oh, it is. No, in in some of the cutscene movies, you can see a computer cursor. They left that in. <sighs> wow. Yeah, they left it in. But people say corporations can do no wrong if they if they make a mistake. You have no right to criticize it because you don't have a whole office full of people doing stuff. Pokemon is literally the number one highest grossing franchise in history. There's, uh, is there's, it? yes, yeah, it is. Oh. Entertainment franchise. Well, yeah. I, I suppose so. Yeah. Like, no excuse, man. Seriously, people say, "Oh, they." What they'll overwork their employees. Hire more employees. Hire more employees. <laughs> Do yeah. not excuse the actions of a corporation that cripples itself and then saying, oh, but look how crippled they are. They yeah. didn't have to cripple themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So there's that. Um, but yeah, no, there, were, there were a lot of good moments in the film. The the scene on the. Um, I haven't seen it. I haven't the, seen it. The, the lightsaber fight on the. Um, submerged Death Star was very impressive. Submerged? Yeah, it, oh, and that, that's another plot hole. Like, remember the last time we saw the Death Star and it was blown to smithereens? Yeah, completely atomized, yep, I yeah, remember that. Yeah, no, the Death it, Star it's... Two. Is this the Death Star 1 or the Death Star 2? Um, I think it's a, both of them got blown to smithereens, but apparently, yeah. apparently no, half of it is actually still in one piece and in the ocean of some random planet somehow. Half of it? Yeah, I'm not even Holy joking. Sh- yeah, no, the amount of plot holes in the, the new trilogies is just astounding. Wait, okay, so the Death Star... Was atomized twice. Yeah, but it was also the size of a moon. Yeah. How big is this planet that half of the Death Star is on? Um, bigger than the Death Star. Because this is all in an ocean. I, I don't remember how big well, it is. If, some, if an object even half the size of the moon hit Earth... Yeah, it'd be... A fucking... Thought it would be like that is decimated. true. I hadn't thought of that. What the fuck? I mean, how how would it even like end up there? Because it was atomized, so it somehow reformed and then happened to fall into this one planet somehow without completely obliterating it. I don't believe that. Like, for a nice little piece of, uh, like, um, I mean, it looks cool, but like, Jesus, you know, for a reference point. The meteor that wiped out the dinosaurs was the size of Texas. I think the Death Star is bigger than that. Yeah. It's half the size of the moon, which is significantly bigger than Texas. <laughs> mm. I mean, I don't know the exact proportions of the Death Star, but it's fucking big. Yes, it is quite large. I don't know how they even... Because in the... I think they rebuilt it in, like, one Star Wars film or something. Yeah, no, so yeah. In the last movie, they built the Death Star 2... And it was half built, and then Palpatine oh, yeah. got fucking thrown into the, um, the void. Yeah, I forgot what it was. It's been a very long time since I think I, I was... someone told me it was a garbage shoot, but well, this garbage shoot had a big fucking laser in it, so probably not. So sh- he could have, he should have got fucking. Well, he should be. I think we've already addressed the fact he shouldn't even be in this new film. Yeah, they just brought it back anyway. Well, I, so well, how's I, your Christmas? But I, one last thing I'll add on this: I assume that. There are some explanations in the second film that J.J. Abrams got kicked off of. Because, like I said, the fact yeah. that he had to pick it up so quickly without any explanation implies to me there was a lot of stuff that he didn't get to do. 
Yeah. You can tell, because he, he literally ha- fixed the character of Luke. Like, he completely retconned the character flip in the old movie. So I, he, I think he really just tried to cover the the mistakes as much as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, in regards to the rest of Christmas, it was pretty good. I got a lot of uh, gift vouchers. I got a lot of new books. Yeah, gift vouchers are sort of order of the day yeah. when it comes to, um, you know, teenage to young adult family members. That is true. Um, and then New, new Year's was pretty good. Um, we were going to go up to the park um, to see the fireworks, but it was so fucking windy. We were, like, on top of a hill for, like, five minutes, and we just fucked off back to my uh, cousin's house. They weren't there. They were they were actually away um, at a campus site, and they got affected by the fires. So they were stuck on, like, a beach in the swimmers. Is that a campus site? Camp site. Ah. Anyway. Um, so, but we had some of our family members from um, Bangkok... I think the family yeah. is. I I don't know all the ties to all the people who my family know, but um, but they were really nice. They had some young kids who really love Cards Against Humanity. They're like, um, one of them's ten. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, but they're they're pretty interesting. Spend all their time on their phones though. Um, so that was fun. I got to see the fireworks. Um. It was really, uh, they actually had to delay the 9 o'clock ones for a bit, but it was okay. Well, that sounds chill. Yeah, yeah, it was a really nice time. And, uh, uh, in terms of resolutions, mine have just been, uh, trying to get my health going. I've been trying to eat healthier. I don't... Shut the fuck up, you're doing it so you can be a femboy. That is, I, look, I never said I wasn't doing that. <laughs> but it's nice to be healthy in general, too. You know, I've been taking up jogging cardio recently. Mm. You know, it's mm. self-improvement, okay? You know, I think, I, you know, Jordan Peterson style. I don't know. I don't know what Peterson says about Personal jogging. responsibility. We all got to, you got to jog and you got to defeat the dragons. What, what the fuck does, does Peterson, has Peterson ever said anything about jogging? He said, um, I think the quote was, you got to do squats to work out your thighs and ass so you can get that daddy cock. I think, I think he said that. What does it sound like Mickey Mouse? Because he's got a very strange, sort of, like, whiny voice. Yeah, he sounds like Kermit, not Mickey. Mm. You gotta work out your face and ass to get the fem... No, not the femboy. Let's... Mm. Mm. To get... Mm. 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 Look, look, listen listen to old Kermit. Yeah. If you want to get daddy's cock, you gotta work out your thighs and ass. Yeah, all my parents aren't listening to this. I hope they are. Fuck you. Well, I'm anonymous, so... That is true. Um, moving on from that, um, we went to a, um, a, uh, a march against the, um, Australian government because of their action on climate, or their lack of action, I should say, on climate change, which was fun. Yeah, um, it was. There was hippies with um bongos and we sang de- um death grips yeah yeah there's some guy with a massive bluetooth speaker i tried to convince you to go and play um uh stockton, uh, stockton but and we didn't. started we started moving before yeah no we stopped like I- a couple of times and you wouldn't go back because I didn't, I couldn't be bothered. I was, it was hot. I had been standing <coughs> in a fucking crowd for forty minutes without moving. Yeah, no, that was crazy. I just wanted to march, and then I, <coughs> I had a, I wanted a cigarette, and I was staying on the side, like 
directly on the fucking side of the march, and some old hag, some rotting old bitch, comes up to me and says, I think it's very rude that you're smoking a cigarette um, when you're with all these people. I said, I'm not, look, I'm on the side, and I, I, I need one, right? I'm, was... I'm sorry. And then she said, well, you're a selfish little twit, aren't you? And I said, yeah, okay, uh-huh, thanks. That was around the time we saw the guy with the death grip shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, what a king. Yeah, I said hi to him. He, he said, that. I said, nice shirt. He said, thanks. Riveting. Yeah, no, the whole, um, the mar- yeah, no, the first, I think, hour or so of the march, we were just, like, packed in the corner. Yeah, yeah, well, we literally couldn't move, and we were right on, like, a, the, it, <laughs> like, the a side... like, a thoroughfare where everyone was pushing through, yeah. where, like, the normal pedestrians were shoving through to get to, like, Woolies or whatever. Yeah, no, it took me, like, a good ten minutes to get to you from, like, the other side of the road. Just, yeah, because luckily I arrived just before everything got like really busy. I got I mentioned taking some good pictures. Like the the side of the road I was on was like literally fifty percent of the street was just covered by like uh, pro socialism, pro Marxist stalls. And and then and, and then talk, talk about and then like, like fifty meters back there was some extinction extinction rebellion flags. Now I'm fine with extinction rebellion coming because that's their whole meme. But what the fuck are the Marxist socialist people doing? This is a climate rally. Like, don't game jack. Yeah, it's, be- it's because, don't you know, capitalism is the reason climate change. Well, par- partly. Partially. I-, I agree with that. Look, I- I'll keep it real. I think, you know, Extinction Rebellion, I-, I don't like them either because they're literally just the same people under a different name. Like, you, you read the statements from people who, f- who found the group. that they think- I, don't- I don't have the exact quote, so I'm paraphrasing here. But they're- it's something like, the Extinction Rebellion is not about climate change, it's about dismantling colonialism and patriarchy and capitalism. And those are, there was well, a that's report. a bit misleading, isn't it? Well, that's what they say, and then they, you know, there's reports into the group, you can read it, they're clearly all about deconstructing liberal democracy. It's, you know. Hmm. And, yeah. and, and, and the thing is, I'd like to point out, Wells, that there are, there's a book, um, it's called Can Democracy Handle Climate Change? And it argues that out of all the systems we have that have attempted to combat climate change, democracy has been the most effective so far. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I really dislike this whole new movement. Because the... I consider myself very environmentalist. So I'm really, you know, sad to see the movement just becoming a Trojan horse for, you know, this whole, you know, deconstruction of, uh, you know, you know, um, Western democracy... And just like as a, you know, tro- like I said, Trojan horse for socialism, Marxism, and, uh, you know, all this grievance studies, postmodernist identity politics. And I'm not even exaggerating. You can go to, you even look at Greta Thunberg, who's like, yeah, this is about deconstructing patriarchy and colonialism and racist society. Like, they're, they're, they're out there saying these things and people acting like, oh, you just don't like these groups because you hate the environment. Like, no, I hate these groups because I love the environment. And I don't want these fucking two-faced bastards coming in here and taking the movement for their own ends. Yeah, it, like I didn't actually know about this. I thought um, I always thought the sort of hate that Greta gets is a bit silly. You know, it um, is. I agree that a lot of the vitriol thrown at her is fucking. And you can't deny that part of it is definitely because she's a girl. I think you more know? of it's just because a child as well. Yeah, but I think also a girl, because even even you shared that one thing. Sorry, one second. 
even you shared that one thing and there was that other bloke, that little mate who um, invented the sort of like um, carbon scrubbing yeah. sort of stuff. And you were sort of uh, talking about his merits while sort of decrying What's Greta. What's gender got to do with that? Well, because it's a... Um... Sorry, one sec again. Sorry, I'm just lighting up a incense. Okay. Um, You're lighting up. 420, bro. Dude, weed, Lamau. XD. XD. Look, I'd be smoking that green, the ganja herb. I mean, if if the whole thing is that, like, in the image, Greta's a woman and the, the other guy's a male, I'd like to point out that I literally grabbed that image off social media somewhere. Yeah, look, I thought I had a point, but... With, with that image specifically, but I don't think I do. Yeah. Um, but I do think there's definitely um, people who, as a pushback to a lot of this um, uh, sort of alternative left feminism, ex- like extreme feminism, um, as a pushback, people have become these thing the actual type of people that these feminists... Um, to cry most men as yeah no i i agree with that but i i don't think greta is the target of that i mean maybe someone like um, no but i think she certainly suffers from from like the effects of it i'm i'm not i'll i i think there may be some of that but i will say that every single attack on greta that i've seen i don't think i've ever really seen one that centers around her sexual sexual identity her gender identity yeah, but I don't think people will attack her for her gender identity, but I think they will increase their vitriol towards her because of her gender identity. You know, that's it's like an irrational sort of thing, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. People will dislike her heavier because she is a girl and she is a teenage girl, right? I, I, I'm, I, look, I understand where you're coming from, but as someone who's studied... You know, on on average, how society views women, I I just don't think that's true. You look at attitudes toward women overall. Society sees them as more um, competent, more yeah, nice. Well, society literally it's called the women are wonderful effect. People literally love women. I I don't. Yeah, think... but I will say this. I will say this. The majority of society likes Greta. I, mm, I I think I think within the detractors I think a lot of society of likes what Greta mostly stands for. I think most people don't really have much of a stance on Greta herself. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, but I think if you ask people, what do you think of Greta Thunberg herself? I think they'd say, yeah, she's fine. She's a nice she seems like a a passionate young girl. You know? But I think a lot of the big detractors like um oh, I forgot that cunt's name. Paul um, Joseph Watson. Yeah, Paul Joseph Watson. I think he he's definitely got a fucking bone to pick about her being. He when I remember when he was talking about her, he was going on about how she's uh, <laughs> not a, not only because she's a teenager and a girl, but also Swedish. Like, yeah, I wouldn't jo- know about any of this because Paul Joseph Watson. I literally, he's like one of the people that I just literally don't have the time of day for. Yeah, because like Paul Joseph Watson is funded by the same systems that he is trying, like you know, claiming to destroy. He's also funded by all these big corporate Wall Street shit. He writes for Infowars. Like, what more do you need? He works. He writes for the company Alex Jones is part of. 
Yeah. Yeah, like but then but also Alex Jones decry you know, likes to decry these socialite elites. But Paul Joseph Watson is being funded by them. Yeah. You know, it's once again it's a classic propaganda tool. As soon as someone comes out who goes against what the elites like, you know, you pick apart their personal character, not their message. Which is um a classic tool. And it appeals to the layman because if you especially look at the current state of uh, Australian politics, there's a large portion of people who didn't vote for Bill Shorten because they say, oh, he looks like a dickhead or he doesn't have much charisma. As if charisma defines a person's ability to govern the country. I absolutely agree with that. Right. So if you want to appeal to the layman... Mm -hmm you attach a face to something. And if you destroy the face, then they won't care. You know? Yeah. They'll they'll say, oh, well, that movement is bad because the face is bad. Yeah. Like, have you seen the quiet Australian story that the ABC ran? No. So the quiet Australian is this fucking dumb shit name that is for liberal voters who are, you know, they just go about their day. And these people they talk to, I remember this one fucking weird personal trainer looking, like transgender looking motherfucker. I think she was a woman, uh, an official, an actual, a uh, biologically born woman. Mm. But, you know, looked a bit funny. She said, oh, yeah, I don't think I could ever sit down. You couldn't really ever sit down and have a cup of tea with Mr. Shorten. Shut the fuck up. Well, you sit down and have a sausage with him. This is Australia. You sit down, you have a sausage sandwich and a VB. A VB long neck at 20 to 8 in the fucking the morning. Fucking morning. Yeah. yeah. Get no, that up here. Dog cunt. Yeah. But as if you're fuck, you having a cup of tea with someone qualifies them to run the country. It's fucking stupid. I mean, I what I will say is that I think Alita. If you if you also, me I'm, I'm, I'll interrupt you. Okay. I'll mansplain. Yeah. Okay. Um, but even with fucking um, the climate march we were at, it was all fuck Scott Morrison because he looks funny, or fuck fuck Scott Morrison because he's a bit of a bad person. Yeah. He is a bad person, but that has no bearing over the Liberal Party as a whole. Mm. The Liberal Party is shit because of it because its policies are shit. Yeah. Not because Scott Morrison is in charge. It's always been shit. But people like to hate a person rather than a group because a group is nebulous and hard to define. That's mm. I see it in with the games industry a lot. People hate Strauss Zelnick, people hate Bobby Kotick. I think they're cunts, but I understand that they don't have the entire power over their corporations. Mm. It's a mixture of them, uh, executives, and um, shareholders. But can I quickly return to my point, which was... Yeah, yeah I sure. think a, a leader does need to have some level of charisma, though, because that's important when you're like negotiating with other countries or even negotiating with... Um, people within your own country's politics, I think. Yeah, yeah, but charisma instead affects your ability to move your um, group. Uh, Goff you know? Willi- um, William was a very charismatic person, I think. Goff Whitlam. Goff Whit- sorry, fuck. 
Goth. <laughs> I had a I had a brain blank. Goth Whitlam. Goth William. Yeah, Goth. I, I knew William. He was a bit goth. Goth William. Yeah, no, but Goth Whitlam. He he was uh, he seemed a fairly charismatic guy. He got a lot of I shit prefer, done. I prefer, I prefer emo Whitlam. <laughs> emo Whitlam. <laughs> yeah, Harold Holt. Scene Whitlam. Yeah, Harold Holt was so emo he literally drowned himself. No. No. Well, you know they found his um his iPod Shuffle. <laughs> What was he and listening he, to? Um, Evanescence. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't listening to Bring Me to Life, though. He was listening to one of the deeper cuts. One yeah. of the B-sides. Yeah. That's how you know he was true emo. He went deep. <laughs> he went for the deeper cuts. The demos. <laughs> but, no, yeah, it's crazy stuff they found on his iPod. Yeah, like Apex yeah. Twin. Yeah, a bit of... Um bit of uh, blood on the dad's floor oh which which album uh i don't fucking know i found out blood on the dance Come on, I'm, blood I'm on the dance floor expert. is not on spotify thank god i'm pretty sure they were at some point oh well he was a big fan of uh design the skyline yeah big fan of um little peep yeah, little peep. Yeah, um, when he was when he was swimming. Did you was... see? Did you see his final Snapchat before he went swimming? Yeah, Harold Holt's final Snapchat. What yeah, was it was haunting. It was just a picture of the dark waves, and he said, and it said, uh, "I'm sorry." He changed his profile picture to um, it's just black the... nothingness. No, 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 no. <laughs> to the Tokyo Ghoul image. <laughs> and his, his his Twitter handle was gone. Full <laughs> <Just> stop. <laughs> <laughs> God. I was. I remember. I remember. I was so scared. I, I was asking around to see if anyone had access to his private Discord server, to see if he was alright. And then, and then, um, after he drowned himself, we named a swimming pool after him. <laughs> what a babe. Yeah. Um. What the fuck were we talking about again? Oh yeah, the uh, Skoma rally. Yeah. And uh, remember the, there was a person across the street when they were waving the trans flag and shilled out 41% across the street? Oh my god, you're such a shit-stirrer. You were in the complete wrong environment to do that. Dude, like you said, I'm a mischief-maker. You are. I'm culturally I... transgressive. People don't get that. Yeah, it is the, it's the new counterculture. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is what we were talking about earlier, the, the thing I said. Because I'm, I'm interested in keeping counterculture alive, because it kind of runs in my family, because I think... Like I said, my dad, when he was younger, when he, he, and, you know, he still is now, but much more back then, you know, he was involved in the, the punk Fucking scenes, boy. the, the ska scenes, and that, that was very much countercultural back then, because at that time, the cultural elites were predominantly, um, religious, fundamentalist, evangelist, uh, ev Evangelion, Evanescence. Yeah, the Ava pilots. Yeah, 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 but, you know, the, the kind of conservative, that, um... That fucking Gendo. Yeah, Gendo Akari wouldn't let any punk rock on the TV. He said, mm, kill those Scar, and they, you know, they, oh, fuck. Kill those was... Scar? Kill those Scar, those Scar boys, those Rude boys. Yeah, the Rude those boys. Those mods. Yeah, my dad was in a Scar band. He, uh, I, I can't remember if it was his band or another band that he was, um, You know, they needed to they went scars up to... on their body. Do you know that? That, no, that's not true. No, it is. No, they had to cut themselves, and they needed to have, like, a big scar on them. No, that, that's... No, no, it, no, it's, it's 100% true. Look it up. I, no... That's Look not it up. True. Go ask your dad. Say, Dad, show I'm me not... the scar from your scar days. No, you're not... that's emo you're thinking of. No, seriously, it is scar. How do you think scar is spelled? 
S K A. Yeah, not scar. Is in yeah, because it's a it's a mis it's you know it's a it's like a cool um, misspelling. No, seriously. Do you seriously. actually know where the term scar comes from? <laughs> God, my gaslighting isn't working. <laughs> I've become too powerful for you. I've become too powerful. So anyway, he back in the day, I think it was his band, one of the bands he hung out with. They were up in Melbourne. Yep. And they, they literally had, like, a street fist fight with, like, a group of Nazi skinheads. Like, Fuck yes. Like, actual legitimate Nazi skinheads. Not, not, Fuck yeah. How you know, cool's that? It was pretty interesting, but the point I'm trying to make is, like, that was the counterculture of old, and I've got it in my lineage, you know? Well, I mean, I mean, being a Nazi was also sort of counterculture then as well. Mm, not, not as much. I, although I think the skinheads sort of adopted the Nazi sort of thing... Not out of being legitimate Nazis, more of another counterculture sort of deal. Yeah, it wasn't the primary one though, and you have to—that's what the black metal bands did back in, um, uh, I think it was uh, Iceland or up in Northern Europe. They like burnt yeah, down and churches no, and, and like well, had all like that, images that was, of dead that people. That was one. That was one man. That was. Yeah, but you, we're, you, we're talking about mayhem. Yeah, but like with with this, Varg. Well, this... Varg burnt down those churches because he's a legitimate. Um, fucking bigot who hates christians yeah. and is a legitimate satanist yeah but like this whole this whole like imagery of like satanic nazism that pervaded the whole scene i'm not talking about this this one guy specifically well, satanic nazism was a uh, sort of a common theme not just in black metal yeah. in scandinavia but are you familiar with um uh angel of death by slayer I am familiar with that, I think. I'm familiar with the name. I know who Slayer is. I know yeah, so Angel of Death is a very good Slayer song. Yeah. Um, but it is specifically about... Uh, was it Josef Mengel? The, yeah, um, the surgeon of Auschwitz? Yeah. And about his experiments. And, yeah. their, and Slayer's logo is a, like a Germanic Nazi eagle... Or Roman originally, yeah, and but the swastika is replaced with the pentagram, yeah. So they it was once again not because they were Nazis, like they they decried Nazis and they were interviewed and they said no, we're not Nazis, we were doing it because mm. it was a topic we found interesting and it was shocking, yeah. But they, it's doing it because it makes people uncomfortable, and that is the key point of counterculture to make the normal elite uncomfortable, yeah. Because that, that, the thing about back then, like, you know, all the all the cultural elites were worried about, all oh, the, the hippies are going to protest against Vietnam, they're going to turn our country communist, the punks are going to turn the kids into commies. That era's come and gone. The the cultural elite now is very much like uh, people like, um, you know, Colbert, um, Amy Schumer, you know, CNN, that kind of stuff. So the paradigm's kind of flipped. So, you know, people like, uh, you know, punk rock is no longer this... Uh, it, punk rock is no longer punk rock in many ways. You know all this, you know talk of revolution. It's not punk rock. Like, yeah, because we've because they've achieved the revolution. Yeah, but just on a smallest. Because I don't think most of them were ever that serious about it. Were they? When they yeah. the cult the means of production they seized the cultural means of production and decided you know this is enough. So now they own they own all this and you know so now all this stuff Stephen Colbert isn't punk rock. John Oliver isn't punk rock eminem isn't even punk rock anymore but you know you know what is punk rock now what's punk rock now is 4chan is punk rock sam hyde is punk rock dave chappelle and ricky gervais are still punk rock but now because they're 
punk rock after the cultural paradigm is shifted, you get all these articles saying they're transphobic or racist or some other bullshit. It's like these people were literally part of the same elite, but decided they didn't want any part of it because they actually stay true to their values. Yeah. Unlike all yeah, these other exactly. soulless fucking celebrities who sold their shit up the river. Yeah, and um, if you look at it, um, it's all being corporatized. Because... Yeah. Because it's like, it's the whole thing, remember when I'm... Like, look at, look at, look what happens at Pride Month. All these corporations come out and pretend like they give a shit. Yeah. They give it, you know why they give a shit about the gay community? Because it's profitable. Because the gay community will buy their products. Yeah, it's the whole thing. They give, they give a shit about you if you fucking give them money. It's the same thing Or if you can um... be used as a vehicle or a platform... To launch themselves into a new market to make more money. Yeah, it's the same. It's like the whole thing with the Gillette toxic masculinity ad. It's very clear what they were trying to tap into there, and it backfired horribly. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you really, oh, you care about toxic masculinity, Gillette. Well, why don't you stop, um, being, you know, supporting Wilma and using child slavery and, and deforesting, yeah. yeah, and palm oil and deforesting yeah. massive fucking natural orangutan habitat. Yeah, the, the fucking... The, yeah, you care, you care about fucking toxic masculinity. Yeah, the, the funny thing about all this, whenever they try to corporatize wokeness, there's always... You, you, peel, you pull back the curtains and there's some dirty secret. Like, I remember several years back, there was a whole um, campaign of this is what a feminist looks like t-shirts. Someone did some digging around and found the company that was manufacturing them was literally exploiting child labor in, like, Bangladesh or something. Yeah. And... And then, but here's my biggest fucking issue. People who push back against these things, but don't push back at them for the, you know, I wouldn't, I won't say the right reasons because there is no right reasons. It's, it's all subjective, but people who push back against it because like, oh, look at this cuck company. God, they support the gays. I don't think there's anything wrong with supporting gay rights. Mm. I think you should support gay rights. I think you should support these ideas like... Even, even if toxic masculinity is a thing, which I don't think it is, for the record. Yeah, I'm I'm undecided on it. I don't really know enough to make a strong opinion on it, but I think you should support these socially progressive things. But I do not think they are supporting them for the right reasons. And you could argue that even if they aren't supporting them for the right reasons, you know, they are still supporting them. But that is harmful yeah. because you are taking away the power of supporting these yeah, things. Yeah, it's like, it's like the same thing I, I've always said. Is that, you know, when like trans activists on Twitter say like, um, retweet the trans flag or character says trans rights, what it's doing is literally reducing the, the goals of your movement to a funny meme. And it's just delegitimizing it. Yeah. Yeah, you're delegitimizing it. It's... You're turning your 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 own rights essentially into a punchline. Like, do you not see how that's fuel for the people you get so mad at? And the thing is, these blanks says trans rights. They are not there for people who are undecided on trans issues or transphobes. Yeah, they are for other trans people or people who already agree with it to like it and go, cool. Yeah, it's an echo chamber. Oh, they, they don't go cool. They like spam their keyboard, going ha ha cross over. 
yeah, wow, this is so funny. Yeah. I haven't seen this same fucking joke 10,000 yeah, times. Yeah, <laughs> who invented Minecraft or some shit. That's what they say. And and then they have the nerve to complain that... Quote, I do like Transmiku, though. Okay, yeah, but then these people have... They have the, the balls. Well, maybe they don't, but they, ha they have the gut to go and complain that quote-unquote transphobes only have one joke, which is, of course, in, in a reference to the attack helicopter meme. But it's like, come on. Oh, come you don't on. have we a have, leg to... We have to lots more jokes than that. Yeah, I mean... Your joke, yeah, you guys have one joke too, it's called your community. But no, like, <laughs> these people don't have See, a leg to stand we have two jokes. Yeah, they, but these people really don't have a leg to stand on when they complain about other people they don't like having only one joke. Because all their jokes revolve around character is X or character says trans rights. Yeah. And, and it's just really, because as I said, you're turning your movement, you're turning your everything you want, you're turning it into a joke. And that's like... And disclaimer? It's shooting yourself in the foot, or... Also, disclaimer, we love trans people. We think they're great. They're alright. don't like it when they get in our face. I give them, like, a 6 out of 10, I suppose. Well, you have a transgender brother, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be so... fair, like, people in general, I'd rate a 6 out of 10. I'm not, like, specifically... I'm not calling out the trans community. I mean, yeah, I, I, I am, but, I like... I don't hate any movement in particular. I can hate people. Yeah, I think I think it's good to differentiate a person from a movement, right? Because unless someone is a, an official member, where the leader of movement says, "Yes, you are a member. You represent our community," mm. right? I don't think it's good to go at a community for the actions of one person. Yeah, absolutely. If and a trans person says, "Oh, warg, you are transphobic. Mm. Kill yourself." Yeah, I say. Well, that person's a cunt, but I got no, I got no issue against the greater transgender community. Yeah, the, the the thing I would say there is that that kind of behavior is commonplace along a, a lot of activists. And it's like it, a, a good one I like is to point out is Black Lives Matter, right? I think their movements good. You know, they, you know, they they may have some points I agree, I disagree with, but on the whole, I think it's a beneficial movement. And so when police officers in Boston are executed by Black Lives Matter members, right, I understand that there's no official, you know, you claim membership to Black Lives Matter. Yeah. You're not a, an officially sworn in member that is endorsed by the upper echelon leadership group of Black Lives Matter. Absolutely. So I understand that it wasn't Black Lives Matter who got these people killed. Yeah. It was fucking crazy extremist cunts. Yeah, absolutely. It. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I even even moving on beyond movements and just looking... Same with... You know what? Here, here's my very big controversial take that you yeah. probably won't like very much, Curtis. Yeah. Same same goes with Antifa. I think, I think some... I think Antifa will, is needed in certain environments. I don't think it's needed now. I think back in Nazi Germany, it was pretty cool. Right? Um... But I think that actions of specific Antifa members are, you know, decryable and um, certainly, you know, I, I won't beat around the bush. I think they're cunts. Mm. But I don't think Antifa as a whole is solely made of cunts. I think a lot of it is made of people who inherently are good people but are misguided and they're angry because a lot of them are young they're just finding out about all these issues and they think you know they're completely outraged by it but as a whole i don't think antifa is bad i don't think they're made of bad people 
Well, I'm not going to get into this too much because I don't want to derail the conversation too much. Yeah, yeah. Well, one, we'll... one thing, one little qualifier I will say is in regards to World War Two. I I don't know if I necessarily argue that they were necessary because you have to understand. I've you know I'm in modern history class. We've been studying this. A yep. lot of the tensions that led to the rise of Hitler was, you know, due to street violence between extremist groups. You know, it's it's the same thing you see in um I think it was Italy with like the years of lead where you had escalating violence between far left and far right street groups that inevitably led to the rise of totalitarian regimes. So I think they kind of played well, a I role. I mean, but you're failing to realize that Hitler used these the fighting of the street groups. That's to what his... I'm arguing. Uh so my arguing is that uh, I see because again, as I said, with the years of the years, of, I think it was called the years of lead. I could be wrong about that, but I'm sure more educated people know what I'm talking about. Because what what would happen is that one group would strike, then the other group would strike back harder, then the other group would strike back harder than that, and so on. And it just built up until the the streets were filled with violence, and you know the fills up and fills up, yeah, and fills up, and then the totalitarian regime and just comes in. So that's that's what I'm. I don't think street violence is useful. I've always said that. Realistically, I'm a pacifist. It's been um, empirically proven that when it comes to political action, civil disobedience and nonviolent resistance has historically, it's always been the most effective way of doing things. I just, I, I don't really see it. That is, that is a good point. Uh, yeah. Um, people now, always the, point to... Are um, the core tenets of Antifa that of street violence? Is that their MO? That's pretty much it. Well, that... Right. That there's like a there's whole and whole Antifa handbook that you can go and buy in bookstores. Yes, well, it makes it's very it clear popular. about it makes it very clear about community self defense, which is quite literally if these people show up, you are to harass them, intimidate them, and as the popular saying goes, you are to punch them, punch the Nazis. Although it's been demonstrably proven in most cases that they're not Nazis. I mean, consider yeah. the, now, this consider is, last this year is... the case of um. Uh, conservative journalist um, Andy No, I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, he was covering a protest in Portland. He got um. Uh, first off, there was um the um, milkshakes that had concrete dust mixed in them, which can cause acidic burns. That w one of those was thrown over him. And I'd like to point out, there's been a whole dispute over whether that that was really the case. Uh, it's been confirmed by multiple police reports. Yes, that did happen. And uh, then he was beaten so hard he got a brain hemorrhage. And um, after that, pretty much all the Twitter comment, even H Bomber guy, got in on this. He kind of waved it away. Um, but just after it happened, there was a lot of people making excuses, saying, "Oh no, it didn't really happen. He's just making it up." And then, the and thing. then, like a this few weeks thing. after that, there was they decided let's double down. They started circulating lies that he goes around making hit lists for the Adam Waffen. Look, here's the thing. I think inherently, if you are being oppressed, I don't think words have really wor really work under an like an oppressive totalitarian fascist society. And I think violence is probably one of the few ways to resist that. However, with this tenet of punch the Nazi. Who decides who the Nazi is? Well, the right. mob does. Exactly. And we've seen, as I said, just and from the Andy No a, incident, you have this gay, gay Asian journalist, son of immigrants, and they've decided he's a Nazi. When people are in a mob, they lose 
uh, a lot of key decision making and they lose abilities. personal responsibility that's they lose personal responsibility that's actually i'd like to point out specifically that is part of the antifa attack they call it the black block which is where they all get together they all dress in black and it just removes personal responsibility from the group so anything that happens it's you know what i mean yep and not only this but when people are angry and impassioned they're not going to act rationally absolutely they see one person they come here with a specific mindset to fight they see one person disagree with, and they say, good enough. Absolutely. Anyway, back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I, I completely forgot what we were talking about. Um, Skomo Rally. That was a, yeah. Um, but overall, it was pretty good. We had a nice time. And uh, and then I told you to fuck off so I could go get beer. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else? Um, I think that's generally most of what we wanted to... Uh, cover today unless you do you have anything you want to add to the conversation or um what were because hmm. i don't i don't want to like do too much for like the the first episode this is kind of like an introduction a tasting menu yeah it's kind of like the pilot essentially yeah yeah it's the pilot yeah well um i oh i did want to talk about um a recommendation of a um, what was it? What was it? Um, uh, take your time. You, you, yeah, you can cut this all out. No, I won't. Well, then you'll just make the podcast boring. Good on you. Uh. Da, 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 da. Ah yes, recommendation of a video game. Oh yeah, is it Metal Gear Revengeance? Yeah, sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually better than the one I was going to recommend. Well, Everyone, we... if you are inclined to play video games and you haven't played Metal Gear Revengeance yet, right, you will not be disappointed. You, you need very little Metal Gear knowledge going in. It's good fun. It's fucking insane. Um... It's just the story is for for what it is is entertaining as all hell. Um, characters are great. It's funny. It's just a good fucking game. You should go out and you know by buying it, you're letting everyone know that these are the sort of games you want people to make. I've you know big fan of voting with your wallet. Yeah. Vote with your wallet. That's what I always say. Yep, vote with your wallet. That's why you should always pirate things. If you don't but anyway, I'll, I'll, I was also going to tell you about some um, some of my uh, adventures. Oh yeah, let's hear it. So, right, getting in the box that I am in currently, I, I kind of wasn't uh, put there. I don't know, I didn't choose to be in this box, right? Yeah. So, um, a few years ago... Um, I, I do I do sort of I like to hang around um another space and time, you know me. Yeah. Um but I was very big on um there's a sort of uh I know you you, you know like Omegle and those it's sort an, of Omegle, it's Omegle. Yeah, how you yeah. want to pronounce it. Mm. The, in um I I can't I can't actually pronounce the name of the realm I'm from without driving you insane. So, 
where I'm from... Well, it won't change much then. Yeah. Well, but where I'm from, um, there's these sort of tablets that are kind of similar. And when I say tablet, I don't mean like a tablet, computer, PC, or whatever. It's like a stone tablet. Mm-hmm. Okay, Moses. Yeah. Well, look, our technology isn't very advanced because we've got magic, and magic's pretty cool. Yeah. But anyway... So, with this um, tablet, you can sort of um, influence little subtle things in um, this, in the third dimension. And so, you know, when things fall off shelves and you're like, what the fuck? That's, yeah, that was us. So, anyway, well, through can, can using you this... stop fucking doing that then? Because that's really annoying. No, but it's really funny. Yeah, but it's also really annoying. I'm trying to sleep at 3am, you're throwing books off my shelf. Yeah, well... It's my school equipment. You almost broke my microphone. Yeah, well, get a fucking new one, bro. Anyway. So, I was using one of these a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and it sort of creates a, a partial link to um, your world. And some Japanese um, sort of spirit medium sort of type people... Takeshi so, from Takeshi's Challenge. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah Takeshi Beat Katano. Takeshi. Yeah, the, the Takeshi Katano um, sort of found it. Mm-hmm. And he did some wacky, crazy rituals, and he brought me here, and I was, I was annoyed at first, but and then he's um, like, finally a being who can beat my challenge. Yeah, and I, beat- he, he wanted to, yeah, he wanted to prove, to you know, to see how powerful I was, and so I, I beat his challenge. First try. First try. I used uh, only my tongue on the controller, but my tongue is split into um, sixteen thousand different. Um, like uh, alveoli, so it was pretty easy. Big I was, words. yeah. Um, so I beat the challenge, and he was terrified. And so there was a whole bunch of Shinto shit going on. They did fucking they wave sticks in my face, all that crazy shit. And um, they, I'll give him credit. They had some powerful shit. And so I got locked in this box, and they buried me, um, on the future site. Of uh, Narita Airport. Yeah, they they were, you know, polite enough to give you internet connection and a microphone. Well, that's that's more of a force of sheer will thing. All I'm right. not actually using a program. It's sort of like telepathic shit. All right. So, basically, you're not just, fucking cool, vibing. Takeshi Katano. I, mean, I didn't even think you were that good in Battle Royale. I'm coming for you, motherfucker. Yeah, once, you're once dead. you get out of the box. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm just glad I wasn't in a jar. Oh my, the walk jar. The walk jar. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, so... Things are good. Yeah. I'm happy big, to hear Big that. thunderstorm rolling in. Did you hear? Yeah, no, I think I had to mute my mic while, I'm, while you were talking. For a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't, it's fine, though. But, uh, yeah, but I don't know what that's got to do with the thunderstorm. Because there's one over here, so like... Because I have my window open, so you could hear it in the background. Oh, uh, yeah. I think it's settled down now, though. Yeah, it has, so I'm I'm not bothering with that. Okay. Alright. Anyway, so let's... Yeah, you want to wrap it up? Yeah, so I think that's a good place to wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for uh, watching. Once again, I am your Curtis. It's at Curtis underscore Kaiju on Twitter. Uh, and I'm and I'm Warg at Warg W-O-A-R-G. Yep, W-O-A-R-G. That's me. Yep, and um, in later episodes, I'll, I'll plug the Gumroad here, but I'm not going to really uh, 
do that I'll here. I don't. I don't actually yet. have the link for it because I haven't set it up yet. I'm not going to set it up until I have at least one or two episodes done. Yep. Um, so you'll probably be hearing these quite in advance. Oh, uh, you know, in in a, at a future date. So the I'm going to try and get about... this up on um, Wednesday, actually. Oh, maybe shoot. even All Tuesday right. if I have the. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Damn. Okay. All right. Um. But yeah, I think that really sums up. And um, next episode we're going to be doing a psychopath test. Hell yeah. So that'll be really fun. And um. I think that uh, about wraps it up. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to tune into the next episode. Subscribe to us on the podcast app or whatever you get your podcast from. And uh, we'll catch you around. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later. Thanks for listening, faggots. Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Birds. Fuck you. <laughs> We're close Bye-bye. Every episode we close off with a Death Grips reference. That's the rule. Okay. Birds. Uh, fuck you.